episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on when the scribes were anxious. Why were they anxious? The focus scripture is from Mark 3, 22 through 30. This conversation was recorded in September of 2023. Our mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. To learn more about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. Join the conversation. To be looking at Mark chapter 3, uh, and today we're going to, to be looking at verse uh, 22 through 30. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to come at this from a surprise of all surprises, from a little different angle, okay? Um, so here's the story. Uh, you remember Jesus's family comes to get him because they think he's lost his mind. Uh, people are flocking to fo- follow him. And in verse 22 here in the voice translation, it said, the scribes, for their part, came down from Jerusalem and they spread the slander that Jesus was in league with the devil. That's how he cast out demons, they said. He's casting them out in the power of Beelzebub, the ancient Philistine god, the prince of of demons. And when Jesus heard it, he tried to reason with them using a parable. How how can Satan throw out Satan? And uh, and I'm I'm going to let you read that. And then it sums up with him reiterating the idea he he that Jesus said this because the scribes were telling the people that Jesus got his power from the dark forces rather than from God. Um, I mean, there are a whole lot of ways we can look at that text and and pull teaching from it, okay? But my main goal is to think about faith-walking principles uh, as we talk about it. So so we are faith-walking through the book of Mark, through the gospel of Mark. And from a faith-walking perspective, there are several really interesting things I want to highlight for you, okay? So I want to acknowledge right up first, I'm I'm not exegeting the text perfectly, okay? I'm I'm coming at the text through the faith walking lens, and the first thing that I notice is the scribes come down from Jerusalem. Uh, depends on how you look at it. They they're in Galilee, which is north of Jerusalem, so you could say they they came up from Jerusalem. But they came down from Jerusalem because Jerusalem is elevation-wise higher. It's Mark 3, 22 to 30, Courtney. Uh, Here's the first thing, and and we teach and talk about this a lot. Uh, The scribes were anxious. And the scribes didn't know they were anxious. But they were anxious. Well, why were they anxious? Well, some way, somehow, there was a threat to them by Jesus, by what he was doing, by what he was saying, and by the crowd that was following him. Now, they'd sent people down before, and they'd heard some of what Jesus said, 
but the threat was so great and their anxiety was so great. Here's what we do. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about how this happens in your life. The, the anxiety got so strong that they made up a story in their head about Jesus. Well, we know he can't be from God. Well, how do we know that? Well, we know he can't be from God because he's teaching things that oppose what we teach. So we know he can't be from God. So therefore, the only logical answer is he must be from Satan. And so therefore, uh, our anxiety tells us we need to discredit him. And, and when our anxiety overwhelms us, we discredit people by slandering them. What's the worst thing I can say about this person? If, if you're a, uh, a, a more progressive Christian, what, what's the, the most horrible thing you can say about the people that you think are wrong? If you're an evangelical conservative Christian, what's the worst thing you can say about people on the other side? Well, that's what we do. Uh, my upbringing was conservative evangelical Christianity, and the worst labels were liberal or unorthodox or non-biblical. I mean, so, so, oh my gosh, you're a liberal, non-orthodox, unbiblical heretic. One of the things I want to point out is the scribes were wrong. The scribes made up a story. The scribes then began to behave as if their story was true. And the scribes then spread their false slander among the people trying to discredit Jesus. And it's easy for us then to sit back and throw rocks at the scribes. Oh, well, they, they were horrible people. And you know I'm not going to let you get away with that. How are we like the scribes? When you don't get what you want, how do you behave? To what degree are you a controlling person? You, our first reaction is, well, I'm not controlling at all. Yeah, but, but what happens when you don't get what you want? Let me ask it this way. What, what behaviors do you rationalize? just because you believe you're right. They had something they needed to learn. They didn't have humility. And I want to blame it on uh, their anxiety, okay? That their anxiety got in the way. Now, notice Jesus tried to reason with them. And, and here's an interesting thing. And, and I'm just going to say it out loud. I, know, I, I don't believe Jesus ever sinned, but I do believe he made a mistake. Because here's what I believe. I, I believe that you, you can't reason with anxious people. Until anxious people are able to calm themselves a little bit and not be triggered, all they're going to do is react in their autopilot in the way that they always do. So let me also say this, group. The scribes that, that did this were emotionally immature. So they may have been very educated, they may have been very smart, but they were not very emotionally mature. 
And the t- so the two are not ever synonymous. We can have a great education. We can be really smart people. We can know a lot of stuff. We could quote the whole Bible and not be emotionally mature. Because this group was not. So do you remember a key piece of emotional maturity is about self-differentiation. It's, it's the idea that I can can clearly define myself by telling you what I think and what I believe, and I can passionately do that. And you can clearly define yourself and passionately define yourself completely different than I am. And in emotional maturity, we believe that we could do that, and yet we could stay connected to one another. What I see in our country today and in our political environment and in our Christian environment, it's it's happening in churches and Christianity also. We're not emotionally mature enough to handle our differences. And so when that happens, what happens? We start fighting each other. We we start uh, ganging up in gangs against each other. Uh, We say, We're the only ones that have it right, and the rest of you we don't care about. And here's what I want to say to you. This is what I believe. That is not the way of Jesus. Because Jesus put together a team of disciples that didn't all see it the same way. So I'm going to reiterate and say, because I say it all the time, but in order for us to fully follow Jesus, we must also grow in our emotional maturity. So how do we do that? Well, I want to invite you to begin to think about this possibility. How can I, in my church, in the community that I live in, in my family, among the people that I know, how can I show up and define myself better, more courageously, and more authentically without running and hiding, without disconnecting, and without fighting the the people in my community, my church, my family, my neighborhood that see the world different than I do. I was talking with a pastor yesterday who is convening in, in her community with a group of other pastors, and one of the pastors brought an initiative that this particular pastor was totally against. And so we were talking about what does it look like to show up in a community like that and be completely yourself, define who you are, and say, you know what, I'm completely against this agenda, but I'm not against you, and I'm willing to stay connected with you. What I believe, group, is somebody's got to start modeling that. Somebody has got to start in your community showing other people what it looks like to be emotionally mature. And, 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 and I know many of us say, well, I don't have any authority. I don't have any influence. I don't have anything. Yeah, but what would it look like for you to begin to move toward emotional maturity enough that, that you could uh, make a difference? Because what I believe is, I'm going to make one more point. So I, I, here's what I think this story tells us. And I, and I want to end on this note. 
This story tells us that the way of Jesus is more powerful than the way of evil. Because Jesus was casting out demons, whatever we believe the demons are, okay? I have to confess there, there are times in my life when, when I look at the world and I say, man, it really looks to me like evil's winning. It really looks to me like, uh, you know, the, the way of, of hate and the way of oppression and the way of vengeance and the way of violence and the way of exclusion and the way of division and the way of greed. It seems like that's what's winning. But this, this scripture teaches us that's not true, that the way of Jesus is more powerful. We're just not living the way of Jesus because we're not differentiated enough to live the way of Jesus, that, that the way of Jesus is the way of justice and forgiveness and inclusion and generosity and hospitality and love of neighbor, and and I would say, and wholeness for everybody, not just the people like me, and that that way of Jesus is actually more powerful than the way of evil, and that if we would grow in our emotional maturity, if I will grow in my emotional maturity, I have an opportunity to to literally see that the Jesus way wins out over the evil way. Uh, I don't think that ever happens, though, without the evil way standing up and trying to silence my voice, just like it tried to silence Jesus's voice. And I think we have to be ready for that. But I think I think the way we get there is growth in our own emotional maturity, which is the way of self-differentiation, which is this concept of, can I, can I define myself? And can I stay connected with others that see it different than me? Here's what I want to confess. I want to confess that as I think about that, it just makes me realize how emotionally immature I still am. Because I want to run from people that disagree with me. I, I just, you know, I hold it. No, I don't want any part of you. Just like they probably say, and I don't want any part of you. Uh, so, so what would it look like for Ken Schumann to show up better in the world, keep defining himself, but also staying connected with people different? Because I think that's what will change the world when the Jesus way wins. I think that's all I'm going to say on that today. How'd I pull all that out of that text? So does this stir up anything for anybody? Any questions, comments? I wanted to say that, I, I yes, I absolutely agree. You know, when you were saying that even now, it, it is still difficult, you know, that not wanting to run from people that are different. I, are, I mean, think differently. I think like in my case, it's not so much running after people that think differently, but it's the ones that don't accept me thinking differently. That's mm -hmm. where, that's where, you know, mm -hmm. I want to unplug. That's where I want to disengage um, and just say, fine, <laughs> you right. don't accept me, fine, you know, but I don't go seeking my group that agrees with me. I That's, and, and I think sometimes I think that's a fallacy too, because I 
I don't know, maybe I do try to avoid conflict. I didn't realize, you know, I thought about it over these years, you know, I'm the conflictor, but I think I do try to avoid conflict because I don't want to be around any drama or any person that agrees or, di- I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to cause a conflict because I do something differently. Mm-hmm. I do catch myself getting very defensive, especially when it comes to my religious beliefs. Um, you know, when somebody says something, um, and sure. especially when it comes to family, you know, I, I have a tendency, like I'm, I'm, I'm already shut off within the first 30 seconds of their sentence. Cause I know where this rabbit trail is going to lead. Mm-hmm. So I have to really practice listening skills in that area and mm-hmm. um, acceptance that somebody just doesn't accept me. Yeah. I, I think Brenda there there's, so I think, and, and I, I, I want to emphasize that I think, because because here's the deal. I, I, I only understand it to the level of my own emotional maturity. You'll get what I mean when I say that. Some things I can't understand until I grow a little bit. I just yes. don't get. So so I think though that um if if I show up and I define myself and others react to my self-definition with their own anxiety and then trying to conflict and fight. Well, okay, I can create a boundary there, healthy boundary and say, you know what? We're, you're not ready to have this conversation with me. I, I'm here. I'm willing to have it when we can have it in a calm way. But until then, I'm not willing to have that conversation with you. And when, so we'll, we'll move on to something else. I like I, that. I, like I that. think that is, is I, I think that is uh, mature. I also think that um, that that we should be looking for people who see the world different, who do have some emotional maturity about them, that we might engage in 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 deep, wonderful conversations. I mean, here's what I believe, group. I don't believe Jesus intended for the world to become Christian. I, I believe he intended for the kingdom to come. And for people to align with the kingdom. Uh, so we live in a world with a variety of religious experiences. And, and okay, well, let me find some people that really see the world differently, but have some emotional maturity. And let's figure out how to, how to engage one another and live life together. Because I think that's God's design. I don't think God designed it where everybody's going to one day believe the same thing. Now, even as that comes out of my mouth, I, I want to put it back in and say, no, I really don't believe that. Let me shove that back in. Uh, but I think I have to stand by it because I, I, I th- do believe that. Carol? My local GP surgery had a pool of visitors for the housebound. And when they assigned somebody to me, I was great, fantastic, always like visitors. And this particular person who came had totally opposite political views, which was Mm. fine. Mm -hmm. We discussed them. She knew I disagreed with them. But every time she came, she brought the subject up again. Mm. She couldn't speak about anything else. Mm -hmm. But this thing she knew I disagreed with. And in the end, I just Mm -hmm. extricated myself because I thought Mm -hmm. she can't talk about anything else. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's okay. I think. I think that's a boundary that you created, right? Uh, you know what? If if 
you know I view that different than you, and here's what I know. You're not going to change my mind. And so if you're attempting to change my mind, then then I don't want you as my aide because that's all that's all you've got. Yeah. Um, I think that's a healthy boundary. Uh, I think a person that says, oh, okay, I get that. I get that you see see things really different than me. And uh, and maybe we can maybe we could have a good dialogue about that sometime. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I mean, we all get to have boundaries group about what we're willing to do and what we're not willing to do. I'm not willing to have this conversation now. I'm not willing for you to come into my home to, to take care of me and push your political agenda down my throat every time you come. I'm not willing for that to happen. Thank you. That's healthy. Thank you for share, sharing it. So so hear me. I'm not advocating I've got to give up myself. Uh, I'm advocating I define myself. And part of self-definition is having boundaries. But I define myself. This is what I think and what I believe. Uh, you know what? You are you are this, whatever this is, and I'm not that. Uh, and, and I'm willing to talk to you about that, but I'm not willing to argue with you. And I'm not willing for you to try to bully me into believing what you believe. And so if that's what you, you attempt to do, then I'm going to limit my exposure to you. I think what I want to cast the vision for, and I was casting it with this pastor yesterday, um, because she meets with a group of pastors and it's related to their school district. And, and this particular pastor is very much on the left side of things and very progressive. And there's a lot of really conservative uh, folks within this group. And, and, and my, my thought as I was talking with her was, man, if, if the pastoral leader community of a community can't get past their differences, then how in the world is the community going to ever do it? Now, not to say that the pastoral community is better or different, because often they're they're not even as emotionally mature as some of the other leaders. But somewhere we've got to start, don't we? Uh, I, I believe, folks, here's what I believe. There's going to be diversity in the world for the rest of time. So we we better learn how to deal with diversity in the world because it's it it is the way reality will be. So what does it look like to stay connected to people and keep keep defining ourselves different? Uh, that that's the vision that's that's in my mind and emerging, and I think that's restoring wholeness. So restoring wholeness is not, oh, we're going to get everybody to believe exactly what we believe. No, restoring wholeness is what are the things we have in common and how do we come together and make the world a better place for all of us? And none of us have to give up what we think and believe deep within ourselves to do that. I think that's possible. Shutting up. I'm done. What else? Anything else? Trish? I'm thinking that for myself, um, that the staying connected is more challenging when it's um, somebody closer to me. Yeah. 
thinking someone who is either family that I have yeah. past neg negative experiences with or someone that I perceive somehow is threatening, you know, what's the threat, right? It's in, as you were talking, I, I was writing in my margin, am I open to listen? And I'm, ironically, I'm a lot more open to listening um, people from diverse paths of life or whatever, if I don't have a personal connection with them. Um, and when I do have a personal connection, it just, it just kind of, it kind of depends. And I'm thinking specifically of um, family, extended family that has very different um, viewpoints and politics and is very uh, abrasive about it. And and that can send my blood pressure up <laughs> because right. if, if I'm going to listen to you, then I want you to listen to me and we mm -hmm. can have a normal discussion. Right. Um, right. So yeah, it's just it's challenging. It's challenging depending upon who who I'm trying to have a discussion with. Exactly, Trish. I get it. And some people, I would say again, are just not emotionally mature enough for me to be willing to have a conversation with them. Yeah. If everything I say, they're going to interrupt me, stop me. If they're going to, if they're angrily going to be trying to control me or bully me or dominate me into something, then then no, I'm, I'm not going to have a conversation with you because you're not emotionally mature enough to have this conversation. What, I, what my hope is, is that there will be increasingly a group of people that can have the conversation uh, without triggering each other, you know, uh, and, and really, yeah. So y'all know me, I believe what I believe deeply and passionately, but I've also believed stuff before deeply and passionately that I've changed my mind on. Well, well, what if I change my mind again? Well, maybe I will, because that's part of growth. Group, thank you for being here. I need to run. I've got to get to another appointment. Uh, good conversation. Let's keep fleshing this out. Keep thinking about it. Uh, what I want to invite you to do is, is think about it at your own personal level. What do you need to do to take to take a little step forward in your own emotional maturity? Do you need to define yourself better? Do you need to stay connected better? Do you need to create some boundaries better? Uh, do you need to manage your own anxiety better? What What's the thing? Um, so again, it's the idea: can I can I be with people, define myself, stay connected, and not bully them, and also not let them bully me? I'll see you back next week. Thank you for showing up. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. We want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider donating today at faithwalking.com. Visit our site for more workshops and courses available online. Thank you for listening. Thank you.